Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the ABC's Affording Ahead, a show rooted in positivity. Now, just a quick reminder behind the name. We all come to that river in our lives where we think we aren't going to be able to cross it. But if you work at it, you can find a way to forge your way to the other side. Now, we aren't here to tell you there is no river or that you can ignore the river. I mean, that's nonsense. We all have challenges that come before us, and we all need to deal with the reality of that. However, we hope to provide you some of the building blocks, the ABCs, if you will, to help you cross over those obstacles life throws at you. Now, the title is also built around a bit of a pun, and all three of us enjoy being punny from time to time. Ben Ford actually came up with the concept of the show, hence the double use of the word Ford. And it just so happens that the first letters of each of our names begins with A, B, or C. Now, we don't claim to have all the answers. In fact, we may not have anything at all useful for you. All we can do is tell you how we built up our own mental toolboxes and then share our individual stories, advice, and perhaps more importantly, our failures. So let me introduce myself to get this off the ground. I'm Alan Sanders, taking the reins today. But this cart wouldn't go anywhere without the raw horsepower of these two other hosts. First up, my head-banging partner from our Metallica shows, the voice of gaming, entertainment, and reflection. Let's put up the spotlight on Chris Below the Belt, Jellyman. Chris, welcome. Ooh, I like that. You're so professional, Alan. It's awesome. Well, you are my partner on the, on, the, on the Metallica shows, but you also do gaming, entertainment, and spotlight reflection. So I thought it worked out nicely to introduce you that way. Oh, awesome. Great, great to be here, as always. I love having you here. And let's go ahead and say to the namesake by which this show gets its title, a guy with a Clint Eastwood stare and a raring for a rant, but equally comfortable taking part in some games. Let's put the other spotlight on Mr. Ben Forty Ford. Ben, welcome. Hello. That was an awesome intro, wasn't it? And can I just say one thing? Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Absolutely. 2021. Yeah. It's all different now, I right? Know. It's been right. amazing so far. I'm telling you, it's been fucking incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's an awesome intro. That, that's exactly why you're such a pro at your job, I have to say. But, well, you know, yeah. I find myself every now and then reminding people why it's called what it is. And so I figured, you know what? Can't hurt for the first episode of 2020. 21 to sort of lay the lay the foundation again for folks who may have missed the pilot episode and the other episodes that uh, came along the same show title so it's kind of a way yeah. to reintroduce it to everybody this year absolutely fantastic i don't know about you though but i can't eat one more piece of turkey i'm absolutely stuffed it's just done my nutting so yeah i'll just uh <laughs> well i heard you were stuffed but i didn't think you had to do anything with turkey <laughs> <laughs> or gobble, gobble, gobble. Well, yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I've heard that in a while. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, just tired of pounding stuff down your gullet? See, he's already been back on the perv. See, I promised myself in the new year, this is one of my resolutions, actually, for this year. I'm not going to sure. have any dirty puns. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You wouldn't be bad so, if it wasn't for, the, for the, the, uh, the, the, the trip down the perverse. Exactly. No more getting your puns out and all that sort of stuff, you know, so I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Um, I just, uh, I love it. And, and do you know what? I don't know about you guys, but I've had some incredible feedback from the last show, the last one we did. It's just, oh, it's been fantastic. Wow. I find myself uh, every now and then when I start seeing a bunch of uh, either negative news or I see people po posting stuff on social media that just gives me the sense that they're in a, in, in a dark place or things aren't, they're feeling, uh, I don't know, anxious or depressed. I just will randomly say, hey, by the way, in case you missed it, you know, not necessarily targeting any one person, I'll just put it generally in my news feed or on my Twitter and just say, hey, just an FYI, here's something that might give you a little, uh, a little boost if you need it. 
Yeah, it's great, and I share everything I see as well. So that's that's that was awesome. You did what the last we actually pimped the, the you pimped the last show, didn't you? About uh, about a month ago. So yeah, I I, <laughs> I retweeted that one out or whatever it was. So well, I had to because it felt like, and you know what's funny? We're going to get to this in in a little bit. One of the topics today in this new year is uh, you know what I always see in people is creating sort of that self fulfilling prophecy and. You're going to find that one of the things that is suggested by multiple either life coaches or psychologists is if the news, especially if you start the day with it, if it's setting the tone where you feel miserable, stop watching the news. And so, mm. you know, about a month ago, when, you know, as the holidays were just kicking off, I started seeing like one bad headline after another. I drove into work and in the space of 10 minutes, I was like, is there anything positive at all in this world? Is there nothing worthwhile to report? And it made me think, if I'm hearing it that way, and I've got the ability to just click it off and yeah. not worry about it, can you imagine if you don't have that tool set to be able to turn it off? Well, that's interesting because, in fact, I've had to do that, haven't I, as well? Uh, I've, I've been honest with you guys. I don't, I don't listen to a great deal of news now. I rely upon pretty much you, word of mouth, people I know, people I trust. That's that's Because I get through all the, sh- the crap then, and I, you know, I can eliminate the, the nonsense if I just sort of listen to you guys. So every WhatsApp group and stuff like that, nine times out of ten, the, the, the truth will come through and that sort of thing. So that's good for me because, in fact, if I'm not feeling 100%, that news feed can, oh, it can do, it, it cannot be good for me. Definitely, hundred percent. It can, it can change my day, and because I do a lot of driving, I mean, it could be up to twelve hours a day as well. I mean, I do stop to obviously lift all the shite as well, but yeah, that's not good. You've got to have full concentration, and uh, I can have a little odd, random uh, news thing that might trickle through. But don't forget, I go to work with my mum. She loves it. She comes out of all the nonsense, all the magazines and papers she reads, and uh, listening to TV and that. So it can, it can affect me quite quite heavily so do you know what i just switch it all off and my life feels rosy so yeah it's great well chris let me let you get, pull you in on this because it is the new year and you know the news was at least over here on this side of the pond leading into and through the holidays it just felt isn't there anything worthwhile to report on so what do you what are your thoughts on on news and just negativity yeah i don't tend to watch the news either there was a point in my life believe it or not when because I, I spent a lot of time in my car you know um traveling from visit to visit and things like that and i, I even tuned in um for a period of my life where i would listen to prime minister's questions on a wednesday <laughs> believe it or not um which basically is the sort of leaders of our country shouting at each other for half an hour um, <laughs> which is pretty much that's what it is so but you know i i think like i said i was quite interested in in that and just you know politics and news and various other things but i did get to a point where i just felt like i can't keep listening to this or i have to find something else to do because it was like ben said it just you know, I think uh, subconsciously maybe, or it just sort of has that trickle effect where it doesn't sort of like, it's not like a switch where you automatically go into a bad mood or you feel depressed, but it just, it's that drip feed, isn't it? Of sort of like negative news one after another. And then all of a sudden, you know, by the end of the day, you're feeling drained and you're feeling like, like I said, uh, um, during the last show, sort of like I suppose having that invisible sort of force field that powers your self-esteem it it gradually wears down at it you know and it can it can have a dramatic effect on you uh, on me in particular so I don't uh, or very rarely now watch the news I have to say um, and part of my job is that um, I have to facilitate meetings with people um, and people come to those meetings to discuss things that uh, are affecting their community and their area and you know they come to talk to people to try and make things better so and and you know generally 
having sat on the other side of the table as a guest of those meetings before, you know, it, it does become a bit of a um, people complaining about things and how crap where it is where we live and how negative things are and how rubbish things are. So when I started in this job about 14 months ago, it was kind of like I made a point of going to the organisations and the air, the things that are in that air, those areas and looking for the good things that are in those areas so that it's inevitable that people are going to come to them to have a, a, a moan and a complain about stuff. I, I get that. But the, my mindset is that, well, hopefully that's fine because we can then look to do something to change it, to make it, you know, improve things for the better. But the other thing is if when people do come and say, my area is crap, I, where I live is horrible and it's rubbish and you know, this is bad about it. I can then counter that by saying, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But did you know this is happening and did you know that's happening? And so what talking about the slow drip feed of things. So now I've got like a mailing list of all the people that come to the meetings every now and then, you know, every sort of week or two, I send them a positive news story about something that's happened in their area or something that's going to happen in their area. So again, I again, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm going to change people's minds overnight. If people have got that mindset. It's very difficult to change their mindset unless they want to change themselves. But if I can slowly drip feed the positive stuff, it can hopefully counteract some of the negative stuff. And I am seeing some good results from that. So that's kind of my, if you like, kind of real world experience of, of uh, you know, dealing with news uh, and how I manage it. And I think very last year, you know, I, I said, I think during one of our shows, I found it very difficult to uh, compartmentalise a, a lot of the news. And I felt quite anxious about stuff, I mean, particularly with everything that was going on in the world. So it was like I've had to learn last year, and it's an ongoing thing, how to put things in a box and separate myself from them a little bit. So, you know, doing that was stop looking at social media, stop looking at the news, stop watching the news. So that's kind of, and, and people might argue, well, you're just being ignorant then, aren't you? You're just burying your head in the sand. To a certain degree, yes, but I think I'm picking and choosing what I decide to look at as opposed to being bombarded with stuff constantly. Because, you know, the it, it, unfortunately, we live in that kind of society where it's bad news sells, you know, it's clickbait, isn't it? You know, if there's a bad news story, you oh, click on this, you know. And well, that's all that really matters, isn't it? Yeah, and so yeah. it's I'm now choosing what I decide to look at and also hopefully contributing to some of the more positive aspects of things that are going on in the world um, and in the sort of local community that I live in and, you know, where I work. So there you go. Here's my counter to when somebody goes, well, if you're not watching the news, how are you going to stay informed? Well, my counter to that is, how do you know what's happening in your own backyard if you don't do at least the same thing by turning off the news and walking around, talking to your neighbors, talking to mm. fellow business owners? How do you know what's really going on? Maybe you're being sold the hype of something that's happening somewhere else that has no effect or impact on you whatsoever. You know, I, I, I will walk down the street uh, in my hometown and on a Saturday when there, all these shops are open and there's people walking around, you've got restaurants open, you've got people engaging. And you think, look at everyone's having a great time. And then you turn on the news and it's like, everybody's miserable. Everybody sucks. Everything's awful. Every it's like, wait a minute. I've got two different views of my world here. I've got what I'm seeing with my own eyes versus what I'm hearing somebody tell me I should be seeing. So I think there's a give and take. Of course, you want to stay informed, but don't just only rely on what someone's spoon feeding you in those little sound bites. Get out and talk to people. Get out and look around. Look for yourself. Is it really 
you know, I, I, I don't have, you know, we don't have car fires burning on every corner in my town. I don't see, you know, plagues of lo- locusts, you know. And when I listen to the news, they, they can easily convince you that that's the case. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you said, um, it's I I'm, I do believe in that as well. You know, it's about sort of knowing what what's going on locally and using your mind, using your brain as well, rather than just being told constantly. This is. I think we said before about it's, it's like engaging as well, isn't it? Because I, I did I actually did a bit of a test this week. I, I just looked around, and I think you said it before, uh, Alan. People sort of kind of had their they had their heads in their mobile phones, and we all do to a certain degree. You know, if I was to engage all day and chat with you guys all day, like I really wish I could. It's really difficult when I'm driving. I'm all over the fucking place. But, you know, if I could, I would. But I, I can't. But it, the reality is I think most people seem to just be in that zone, in that world where everything is kind of, um, it revolves around that phone. I think it does. It just seems like it doesn't matter who it is or where you are. It, that, that's exactly what's happening. And I think, like Alan, you said before about walking. And I, and I know I've said it. I do it all the time. If I go just to try and smile at someone as you're walking down the street and trying to engage face to face with people. That makes all the difference to the start of your day, definitely. And I've been doing lots of walks before I go to work of late, which I've always done. But all of a sudden I noticed oh, I wasn't doing these walks for some reason, you know, and I, I couldn't put my finger on why. And it's not because of the weather, because let's be honest, over here it's getting um, winter now. And uh, But it's something that's beautiful about that. I've been going out there capturing just pictures of the sun rising and just random things, things that make me feel good walking and engaging and talking to your local folk. It's absolutely brilliant. It, it just, it, it gives you a, a completely different outlook on the day from the start. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. making eye contact with people just going down the sidewalk and a nod or a, hey, what's going on or what's up or, hey, good morning yeah. or, uh, you know, just it's it's amazing. And then you can see that with some people, it's almost like, well, you're talking to me. And then there's always yeah. that little hesitant smile like, oh, wow, you were. And then you just keep going. You don't you're not stopping. You know, you're not going to be late for your appointment by just saying hi to somebody. It's just amazing what it does, not only for that person, I think. It makes me feel better. It feels like I'm engaging with people. Oh, God, yeah, definitely. Mm, I agree. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Dude, that was, like my, that was like my last encounter with a female. <laughs> well, um, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to do a show here in the beginning of the year was there's so much during the holidays that normally is a great distraction. Uh, whether you're a kid and you're watching Christmas trees going up or Hanukkah lamps being lit and, you know, y- you see, you know, either gifts being delivered or you get Christmas morning and the stockings are all stuffed and you get all these toys and then you've got the new year to look forward to. But this is the time of year where it's sort of the the dull of winter. We're on the backside of the holidays and it is the time of year a lot of people feel sort of down just naturally right. because- the holidays are over, and what do you got left to look forward to? I mean, it's winter, it's bleak, it's yucky. I mean, if if you're a, if you're a fan of Valentine's or or, or St. Patty's Day here in the U.S., that's still a couple of months away. So this is usually that time of year where most people just feel really dark and alone. And you know, it's a maybe we could kind of talk to that. Have you ever have you ever felt that way after the post holidays? Have you had the post holiday blues? Nope. Just quickly, so I won't bunt, yeah, let you talk more, Chris, actually. But the thing is, for me, is there is that thing called SAD, is it? Is that right? Is it something seasonal? Seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, I mean, is that a thing? I think people tell me that's a thing. I mean, you know, I've, I've just said how much I love this time of year, like I do anyway. I don't really get that, personally. But also, is that why I am more irritating to people when you see my face smiling away as I walk up the road? Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's why people find me even more irritating this time of year. There is a real is, interesting thing about human beings where if they see somebody happy and you're miserable, it gets you angry. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for people who want to be miserable all the time. 
Although the ones who plaster their whole life story over Facebook or social media, you know, where it's the perfect happy family, oh, look at us. And then they go and fucking start sticking photos up of their kid when they've broken their arm in the hospital. It's like, what the fuck? How can you be, po- <laughs> How can you be posting a picture up of your child, getting those little bastards to pose as well, which always makes me chuckle. He's broken his arm. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. Those sort of people, when you see it all the time and it's constant, oh, look at me, that that sort of thing. That's kind of, that, that sways the other way for me. That's more of a fake thing going on there i think psychologically but i do like people being happy i love it all right well uh, but back to the question then and chris we'll go to you first have you ever had a a time in your life where this time of year the january february kind of march the first quarter is that downtime do you and and if so how do you deal with it uh well prior to the kids got coming along um so when it was just me and my wife um, I, yeah, I kind of always, always planned for January a little bit because, um, you know, you, it's cold, it's uh, a bit miserable, uh, weather wise and, you know, it's, uh, it, you got no money because <laughs> you've been paid early in December. So it's like, well, you know, you've got a long month before you get paid again. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, we, we planned for that. What We went on a Caribbean cruise, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, that's clearly not <laughs> something that's going to ever happen sense. for I'm a broke. very Let's long go time. Let's go on a cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously saved for it, but you know what I mean. But no, I'd, I'd jest. Um, I think it's one of those things that, to be honest with you, um, Alan, if I'm, and this is going to sound really trite and sort of like, you know, like Ben was uh, like alluding to in as much as that saying, oh, looking at people who've got these perfect lives or whatever. I think as I've gotten older, um, I've just learned to appreciate things more. So, I try not to focus too much on the, the negative side of, uh, you know, the things I've mentioned about January or whatever, because and this is, like I said, it's going to sound really cliched, but um, I try and appreciate my time here whilst I'm here, if that makes sense. Um, because, you know, there's that famous saying, isn't it? You know, you, um, live every day like it's your last, because one day it will be. And uh, so in terms of January, and I think this is this is all down to your mindset, you know, it's as good or as bad as you want it to be. And so if you are feeling, you know, down or if there are things that you want to change about yourself, and we'll talk about perhaps resolutions shortly, because that's something that I'm interested in um, and I've been interested in now for a few years. Not not the concept, well, not re- resolutions themselves, but the concept of change and the concept of changing you and, and for the better, you know, and making changes in your life. What, not why does it all start on January t- as well? That's what I never get. Well, that's yeah. the, exactly. That's the thing I was going to say. He's not waiting until the 1st of January to start, but actually starting like now kind of thing or whenever you feel that you are ready to do that um, and kickstarting your life. So in terms of um, January itself, I appreciate, I mean, my wife's got this, um, this theory because um, people tend to, get ill around Christmas. Um, and I think it's because um, they're so hyped up, there's so much pressure and there's so much sort of, um, you know, things have got to be great. You've got to do all the Christmas shopping, you know, and all this, that and the other, blah, 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 and things that are going on and not having enough money and, not you know, wanting more than you can afford and on all this, that and the other, that when the actual sort of downtime happens, when it's all said and done and you've done everything you need to do, it's like it's your immune system's weakened because you you have have hyped yourself up so much and you you know you've put your your body mentally and physically sometimes through a lot of uh, kind of trauma that then when you actually do sit and relax 
that your immune system is lower so that you then are more, more susceptible to getting ill. Because like I said, um, Kay and the kids and other people, have I've been ill over the previous Christmases. Not so much any other time of the year, but and then I get you can argue, well, it's that time of the year, so you're almost more susceptible to colds and all that kind of. But I do think there's something in that. I think that because there's all that pressure and everything, and your body isn't quite prepared to manage it as, as if you are in that sort of mindset. Um, so yeah, I don't. What do you guys think about that? I mean, or do you? Because like I said, I, it sounds like I've got everything together, and I don't. I don't. I genuinely don't. And I said I want to talk about resolutions a bit, but it, it is kind of like um, now I'm in that frame of mind where January is a positive month for me to do something to ch- to to you know to put some p- targets to put some goals up, and I'll and I'll talk about that like w- one of my goals and targets for 2020 you know, was kickstarted at the end of 2019, you know, um, and, and and so I'll talk about that. But yeah, I'll just give you guys some chance to feedback on what I've just said. Yeah. Well, let me weigh in on this. Uh, you know, one of the things I do on my uh, radio talk show is I actually have a doc that comes in once a month and we talk about health and health related issues. There is a voluminous amount of scientific study and research that validates that a high stress lifestyle is going to lead to a weakened immune system. And if you're not eating right, you're not sleeping right, and you're constantly on edge or you're constantly anxious, that stress on your body weakens and taxes your immune system. So yeah, not only are you indoors more and you're around people, but now you're you're feeling the strain and the pressure and all that. If you put yourself under that, will wear down your immune system. And then you combine it like if you're not sleeping right, if you, if, if you don't have enough sunshine to help, you know, with vitamin D. If you're not eating correctly, all of that factors in. And that's why we do tend to be sicker. It has nothing to do with the temperature. It has everything to do with because it is colder, we stay indoors. Or because it's the holidays, we're running around. And because we're stressed and we're having grandma's coming over or mother-in-law's coming over, or we got to host a party, or are we even going to be able to host a party? And are they going to like this? Or are my kids going to... And it it will no. wear you down. Not this not this year. Don't worry about it. <laughs> not th- well, <laughs> you know what I mean. And, sorry. <laughs> can I can I just speak in general, not in any one specific? Okay, sorry, yeah. you know, <laughs> some years are going to be weird years. Okay, let's just say that those are the off. Those are the outliers. We we throw that data out because it's so wrong. But you know what I mean. It you have to have even in the good times. You've still got to have that coping mechanism to make sure that you're taking care of your overall mental wellness because. Your physical wellness is immediately tied to your mental wellness as well. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So I'm, there you go. I'm glad there's something in that. You've, you've explained that for me. So thank oh, you. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's scientific. I mean, that's not, a, that's not an opinion. That's, that's a proven thing, study after study after study, which then they always go back around to saying, which is why you need to drink you know, enough water every day to make sure you're flushing your body, make sure that you're you know, getting enough sleep, make sure you're getting... The right amount of you know vitamins and minerals, whether you take supplements or not, if you're if you've got a deficiency, you know it all ties together. And just how your mental health will feed into your physical. If your physical health is is weakened or down, it can affect your mental health. I mean, they are you know symbiotic on one another. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't believe in that. Unfortunately, you know it's, you, can't, you can't drum it into them. I've got friends of mine who have said those sort of things, and they 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 kind of don't believe i mean the power of the mind for me is incredible i just like the whole concept of the mind you know if you think something it can come you know if you think if you think happy start a day happy it makes you happy so i think just even that most simple aspect of it the actual power of just thought is quite incredible you know i've been actually 
since I would say, because um, I actually, I, you just said there, Alan, about you people stay in more during the winter. I'm I'm out all weather all year in my job, so I get pissed upon. I, I'm up against all. I, I'm up against for those of you here on this side of the pond. That doesn't mean what you think it does. Is, is that professionally, or is that you know? Is that only when you're making those kinds of videos? I was going to say that they get all sorts of shit thrown at me. You know, <laughs> didn't know Ben was into water sports. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that build, that builds up your immune system as well. I mean, all the stuff that I collect, my, my job in particular, I pick up an awful lot of um, clothing as well and that sort of thing. So I think for me, because I'm out all weather, I'm like an all weather guy, um, I do tend to actually get I, get, I will get a little bit under the weather at the, the opposite times when you wouldn't think you would do, like probably in the probably in the summer. It's like ridiculous. You know, why, why, am I, why am I got a runny nose or a cold in the summer? That part never quite understand. I, I don't understand. But I think you're right. If you spend all your time indoors, people don't want to go out and get, you know, as you say, get no sunshine, no vitamin D, nothing like that. That will affect you massively. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, yeah. And you want to talk about positive thinking? Uh, there have been plenty of studies that show the recovery times after surgery or any kind of surgical procedure or any kind of medical, uh, you know, work yeah. done on you that people who identify as more positive or upbeat or they've got a, a much better view of themselves in the world. Mm they do tend to not only heal faster, but sometimes as fast as twice as fast as somebody who's got a, a more depressed or a more down view of the world. Mm-hmm. And so there is a definite connection to your positivity in the mind and your and your ability to heal. Absolutely. But there are just some people just do not believe that. You can put that study underneath their nose and they still don't believe that you can make a difference. These are like the same people who think the universe is out to get them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that, that strange? Huh? Oh, there's a link there. there so. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. you know what? Let's go ahead and dive into the, the resolution since we just got into the new year. And I hear both sides of this argument. Uh, my wife is on the side, Chris, and I think you're kind of in the same, from what it sounds like, the same boat where she said, if you're going to resolve to do something, just start. Don't wait for some artificial date or time because then if you fall off the wagon, you think, well, I'll wait till next year. Well, no, you can just go right back on it the next day. I don't mind setting a New Year's resolution. I think it's kind of fun, if it, if, but I look at it that way. It's a fun thing, but I don't wait for the next year if I fall off my resolution to start a new one. I think you can do it anytime. So I, I see both sides. Yeah. And I think the thing is as well is like, you know, people, it's a, it's a tradition, isn't it? That at the end of the day, that that's the thing. And people do it and um, inevitably fall off the wagon and fall off uh, doing them, uh, which, which I want to explore a little bit. But I think as well, the whole doing it at that particular time of the year is it puts a lot of pressure on you. So um, if it's almost like you kind of pressure is good in some ways, you know, because it, it helps to drive you forward. But at the same time, it, it can um, it can make you feel bad if you do uh, if you don't achieve the goal that you've put yourself forward for for one reason or another. Um, just, just quickly though, most goals people set are usually I must drink less, I must stop smoking, I must exercise more, which everyone says at that time of year. So everyone's kind of in the same boat. They're all going to actually, most, the majority of people are just not going to do it. So it kind of also, because if you do it this time of year, it allows you to get away with it kind of if you don't do it too. So I think that's probably why the January thing comes into play and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that the thing I've learned over the past um, 12 months or so is the only person that's stopping you from doing anything is you the only person that is going to push you forward to do things is you and if you really want something badly enough you will do it and uh so how does that work out with the wives guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah well 
we've got our uh, you know our uh, sort of crosses to bear and all that. Haven't we? Well, that's I've just a, given up uh, a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've resigned myself, and that's just not an area of my life I'm going to get anymore. Yeah. That's, that's well, not positive thinking. What's the matter with you? No, it's you totally positive. To I'm, I'm just, I've, I've, I've just moved you. on to other people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I was there, Alan, I promise. If I was there, I would be a no, bit of your bread. Chris, I want to. I want to just. I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to tailor something quickly because my wife, who is a personal trainer, just you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm, I'm joking about everybody's relationships evolve, but as a personal trainer, one of her selling points is. You're right, Chris. You have to make the decision yourself. I do want to get in a better place, maybe physically, mentally, whatever. But some people need help getting there. They're not able to self-motivate beyond knowing they need to. And what she usually does is explains, my job as a trainer is to help to hold you accountable. You come to me and you tell me what your goals are. I'm not giving you your goals. You're coming to me. My job is to then say, all right, we're going to set a schedule and here's when I expect you to be there. And it's amazing how there's a financial component. She says, and you're going to buy, you know, whatever amount of sessions that you think you need. But if you choose at the last minute not to show up because you didn't feel like it or because, and, and you leave me sitting there when I could have been with someone else, I'm still charging you for that session. It's amazing what a motivator is when you realize, okay, I've got someone calling me or texting me and setting up a schedule and then reminding me I'm here to help you achieve the goals you're telling me you want. So sometimes you do have to ask people to help hold you accountable. You're right. It starts with you, but maybe, and it, and may not, it doesn't have to be working out. Maybe it's if you want to write more, then you tell your, your spouse, I need your help to tell me it's okay for me to go write, or it's if I want to paint, or I want to draw, or I want to work on my music, that they work with you. You may need somebody to help you to kind of stay on task. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's perfect segue to what I was going to say in as much as that um, people do need help and a motivational push and, you know, inspiration in a lot of ways. And so I suppose, and I've said this before, but I'll just talk about it in a little bit of detail because obviously a year has passed now since um, I initially sent you a, a message on WhatsApp the end of, towards the end of 2019 saying I'm not happy with kind of current situation, a bit down, fed up. Uh, I want to change how I feel about myself in terms of fitness and things, you know, and, and so, and your motivation was, well, what's stopping you, you know, just get out and do it kind of thing. So that's then what kickstarted me, I suppose, running more in 2020. Um, and then setting myself little goals and targets. Um, and in 20, 2020, um, so going from running, two, three, four, five kilometers just to build up to things. Um, by the end of the year, I ran over a thousand miles. And so that, and that within that, there were my first ever half marathon. Um, and eventually did, I think I did about six or seven half marathons throughout that year. Um, just kind of keep smashing through personal records in terms of um, speed of, of doing them, how quickly I could run them and just getting generally fitter and fitter. And this year is going to be even more, if you like. So I've never ran a marathon before, but because I've proven to myself that I can do that, you know, and what I wanted to do last year, then I'm going to go for a marathon this year and do other things that I've never done before and build on top of that. And it's one of those things where it's, it, I couldn't have achieved that by just doing it. I couldn't have just run sort of 13 miles, you know, after I had a conversation with you. 
And I think the reason why people give up on uh, resolutions or, um, you know, goals is because they set the bar so high and they almost expect instant results or want want it to change like immediately. So if you want to lose weight, then, you know, and you have to be, I think, perfectly honest with yourself. If that's something that you want to do. Then um, one of the things that David Goggins book explores is like the, the accountability mirror, you know, essentially just looking at yourself in the mirror. And that's not just for, you, you know, your physical um, form. It's for, you know, anything. It's about looking in the mirror about what you want to change and being honest with yourself. And the thing is, you can fool other people, but you can't fool yourself. And so looking in the mirror and you know, uh, one of the things that he did was writing on post-it notes and putting them on the mirror in front of him. So whenever he looked in that mirror, he looked at those post-it notes. And those are the things that he wanted to change about himself, himself and his life. So I think that's just an, an important sort of like aside, I guess, is to, is to be honest with yourself about the things that you do want to change. But it's not you're not going to change dramatically overnight. It has to be... Um, a slow incremental build up for things in terms of what you want to achieve. And like I said, I can look back at my own personal experience now of like, you know, um, not doing a great deal. And then looking back and thinking, holy shit, I ran over a thousand miles <laughs> you know, right. in 12 months. And so that's, yeah, it, it to me was like, a, that's a big thing, but this is the best analogy I've kind of thought of to, uh, if you like visually put it into people's minds about, the whole concept of change in as much as that if you imagine two planes and they're, they're magical planes for the sake of this kind of like kind of you know um example so they, they don't have to stop for, for refueling they just kind of go going exactly the same speed exactly the same altitude there's nothing different about these planes whatsoever heading in the same direction and the, the you know they're just tootling along and it's just going to stay that way for as long as they decide to and then, so you've got plane A and plane B, and then plane B one day decides, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, I want to make a change. I want to do something different. You know, um, I'm a bit bored with this now. So it just changes the, the direction by one degree. So very, very small, not much at all. And then slowly, you know, within a minute, nothing's going to change really. Within 10 minutes, nothing's going to change within an hour within a week, you're going to st start to then see slow changes go to, uh, like a month down the line. You'll be further away from plane A than when you were if you hadn't made that change. If you go six months down the line, 12 months down the line, you'll be so far away from where you the other plane is that it's almost like, well, it's those small changes. And if you can make small changes and then you know you're not i suppose understand you're not going to see big results straight away but if you stick with it and if you keep at it then eventually you are going to see big results but you have to be patient and you have to be prepared to put the work in and that's kind of like my uh you know my thought process on on change and resolutions in general and yeah I'll, i probably will set some goals and resolutions um, and i think writing them down is good as well because people say them and then they forget about them and other things happen but actually not just writing them down but sort of having to think about well how am I going to do this what do I need to do this do I need people to help me to achieve what I want to do um, if it's a, a new job uh, or if it's uh, getting a qualification what do I need to do to get to that point so I think it's just it just actually sitting down for a little bit and actually 
you know, not just saying, well, I want to do this and, you know, hoping it's going to fall into your lap. It's about exploring, well, how am I going to do this? What do I need to do this? Who's going to help me get what, you know, get to where I need to be and things like that. So it's that was just my little take on resolutions. And like I said, people, unfortunately, they give up on them uh, because, like I said, they don't get the instant results that they want or, you know, it, they maybe didn't want it as much as they wanted it, you know. Yeah, let me jump on that because that's another thing. Um, and I, I know I'm bringing up my wife as a personal trainer, but it's something I believe as well. It's a lot easier to give yourself the excuse to fail when you set a goal that's unattainable. You're like, well, I wasn't going to do it anyway. And you can just give up. Yeah. If you set a small, attainable, incremental goal for yourself, then it's a lot easier to stay on the track and then you'll be less likely to jump off of the path. Mm -hmm. It is easier if you make small, incremental changes because one of the things my wife says to folks, you didn't get fat overnight. You didn't put on 50 pounds in one week or one month or one year even. It was over the course of many, 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 many weeks. So in this case, you're absolutely right. It's it's going to be the exact, I said the exact opposite when it comes off. You, it's going to take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, but you got to give yourself the the mental awareness that it isn't going to be instantaneous. And writing stuff down is not only important, but I know uh, my wife is really big on telling folks, write a journal, keep track. Like if you thought, you know, just track how much food you're eating in, in weeks one, two, and three, and then start p- peeling back. And then by the end of the year, if you've been slowly peeling back or changing or replacing certain ingredients with healthier choices, by the end of the year, you might be able to say, gosh, look at that. I've now eliminated 500 calories a day out of my diet. I, I couldn't do it day one, but I did it over the course of a year. Yeah. And the great thing about that as well is that it's not, you know, if you do set yourself small achievable goals to start off with, that's also going to end going to fuel your self-esteem to get you to get to the point where you're achieving some of the biggest stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you, if you, if you achieve something like a smaller goal, not no less important. And in fact, the smaller ones are probably sometimes the most important ones because they're the building blocks. They're the stepping stones to get you to where you want to be. And for me, I mean, like, you know, looking back at all of that, you know, and, and, uh, running through different weathers, hot, cold, windy, wet, you know, it doesn't matter. The, the hardest, most difficult thing for me wasn't the running. It was, and I said this last time, it was stepping out yeah, of the right, door. Starting. And that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's starting. It's not, the actual doing, it's the it's the, the the starting, and so you know that's that's kind of the big thing for me. Um, yeah, so there you go. I don't I don't I don't do resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> there there there's our there's our contrary. He's going to go opposite <laughs> just to prove a point. The, the food the food thing I don't get. Just stop eating so no, much. No, you do. Stop, wait, wait, so much, you, you do. Bastards. <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you accountable. Let me finish, Elaine. Me- Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would, I'm sure you know I'm joking. I am, I'm, I'm, I am that guy. I'm that person. I actually fast because I like to keep myself a particular trim way. I exercise loads, obviously, with work. But food, the reason I take the mic and say about the food, that's me being a bit ridiculous and stupid. It's really difficult for some people who are like grossly overweight to actually even, as Chris is saying, get the ball rolling or whatever or making that first step because you don't see that initial um, drop in weight or whatever it is. But for me, it's right. I mean, I had years. I've got pictures from me years ago. I can't quite believe it was me. And and again, I'll go back to it. I think it's more of a mindset more so than anything else when it comes to food because food is, food is just another habit and everyone's got lots of different habits and food happens to be one that many, many people have. But I think 
because my vanity will kick in these days, you know, as you get a bit older, you want to look as good as you possibly can. And that's my goal. So when you say about setting a goal, mine is by the age of 50, I'm going to be the fittest I can ever be. I said that when I was before I turned 40. And I said that to myself. And that's exactly what I achieved. And it's not easy, you know, on your own, you're doing it as well. I'd separate it by that point as well. But, it, but it, in fact, it becomes really easy to do once you do stick to it. Because what it allows me to do now, I do, as I say, I have these fasting days. I might have a day where I have 500 calories in a day. Um, other days I have 1,000. Again, I'm doing all this exercise at work and my walking and my exercise at home as well. It all becomes natural and you don't even think that you're doing it anyway. Um, but that, what that allows me to do is then to have my off days. So I can have days where I just eat whatever I want to eat. And I think a lot of fear in some people when they, you know, the whole idea of dieting as such, which I can't stand really that that word really, because it, it, it sort of, it means different to most people. It sort of makes you think, oh my God, I'm forever going to have to be on this diet, watching this, watching that. I mean, you do to a certain degree, but actually if you, you can really have cheat days. I If you saw some of, the, some of the days I have with my family at weekends in particular, because I've done all the hard work during the week at work, that sort of thing. It actually allows me to really let my foot off the pedal a little bit and actually just have, I can, I can kind of eat whatever I want. That's how I deal with it. It's different for lots of people, but I can have days where it's hideous what I eat because it's, do you know what? It's family time. We've got the family round. We're playing games. We're doing all these great fun. Let's get a McDonald's. Let's do it. And, and it, whereas there was a time, which I remember before, I would say no. The worst thing actually for me, someone like me or anyone else is like me, is saying, no, I cannot do that ever. That is the worst psychological thing you can ever say to yourself. It's a bit, imagine saying to yourself now, I can never, ever have a drink again. And, I, and from my own experience, I've had those moments in life. Well, of course, that's like dangling the carrot uh, constantly. And if I say to myself, I can never do that again, it's just psychologically really bad for someone like me. So I've learned now to deal with that. The best way of dealing with it is actually, no, 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 you just have to plan it better. You can have it either, either you can do it all the time, you know, but not too much of it. I'm not particularly great with that because I don't, if I take drink, for example, I'm just not that person. I could, I drive for a living for starters. I couldn't drink every day. It's just not my sort of thing. But it's certainly better than going on binges constantly like every weekend. You just got to treat yourself. It's all about balance at the end of the day, but but mentally balanced as well. So, yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're spending an awful lot of time on, on talking about the physical, but you know, the what we're talking about in the steps and the incremental goal setting, the little steps, the staying focused on the one degree change. So that way, by the end of the year, you've separated from where you were going by, you know, maybe a mile. Uh, It doesn't just apply to fitness. It could be anything in your life. If you're not Mm -hmm. happy with your job, Mm -hmm. you're not happy with a relationship, you're not happy with your kids, you're not happy with whatever. It's the same principle. And and so I don't want to get too fixated, or or at least for folks listening, we're not just talking about because it is after the first of the year and it is always about, I'm going to get back in shape. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to eat better and I'm going to exercise more, yeah. but it could be, Hey, are you taking care of your personal relationship? Maybe it's just that one degree of change today that could make a difference six months down the road. I'm definitely taking yeah. control of my relationship. It's a piece of piss. Yeah. <laughs> get, get in hold of, of you. Get, a few women get the old flesh diet out oh I haven't even got one of those hey, that's going to be my Christmas <laughs> present there you go no I, I think you're right it's I mean the thing is that was my example because it, like I said it's I can speak from experience I guess but um, it doesn't have to be that it can be anything it, like if it's about getting some different education qualifications jobs you know I uh, mentioned it before uh, that Fiona Harold book which you mentioned uh, probably about two years ago now Ben yeah um, uh, be your own life coach read through that and you know it did help to change uh, my life really in a lot of ways 
got a new job on the back of it because it it helped me to to it motivate me to actually do something about instead of just moaning and complaining about my job and not being particularly happy in it to actually do something about it and within 12 months um you know i, I got a new job and that that's made me happier and it's made me better off financially um so it, it's kind of like you know I, I, I totally agree with you it, you know but whatever it is that you want to do those those are some of the things that i thought about you know what do I need to do to get it? How can I go about doing it? Um, do I need help doing it? You know, those are the things. What work do I need to put in? Most importantly, I think. And we'd all agree, it's a hundred percent mental commitment, isn't it? Because you just said it there about that book, say that Fiona Harold one. You actually committed. You didn't read the first few pages and then give up on it. Which, in fact, I've given I've given that book to a couple of other people before, and they just didn't get past the first chapter. So you're already going in with you know you're already kind of going in accepting defeat at that point you know it's, it's pointless you might you've got to be 100 percent committed with whatever you're going to do i think yeah and and just to pick up on a little point that you said earlier on in as much as that um yeah things are hard at first you know things uh, whatever it is you're doing I, i'll revert back to running because that's just the thing i can talk about you know it, it can be difficult and it can be hard and you, you know you ache and you get frustrated but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And that's the that's with anything in life, whether that's learning to play the guitar, you know, it's something you can speak from experience of, Ben. Uh, you know, whether it's um, anything in life, that the more you do it, yes, it's difficult, but then those difficult things become easier. And then, you know, it, it, it just, you grow the more you, you do it, I think. So that's an important thing as well. And that's another th- reason why I think people just perhaps give up on some of their goals and resolutions is because they perhaps re- think it it wasn't going to be as as difficult or there weren't going to be the challenges that they were going to face. Um, yeah, there's, 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 there's thought, a massive commitment there, isn't there? To get good at something like you're running, you, you, it doesn't happen overnight. It's like you say, it just doesn't come immediately. Playing guitar is like a forever commitment, forever for life. And you obviously you hit certain standards. You know, you start really bad, like really bad, like everyone does. But most people, the majority of people don't get beyond that point because they're not getting the sound out of it that they're expecting that they hear on the radio, mm-hmm. for instance, right? But but again, that that's most likely because, let's take guitar, for instance, it's most likely because it just happens to be, A, they, they haven't just got over that first little hump, but B, it's not something they really want to actually do. I've, I've, I've met a lot of people who said, oh, I'd love to play guitar. And I'm thinking, no, no, that can't be true because I love to play guitar and it meant spending hours and hours and hours. And even now I fall asleep playing the guitar because I put myself to sleep with my music. No, because because, I, because it, it is like that. It becomes, that good, is yeah, it? <laughs> it becomes a part of you that you have to get over. The, it, it's funny, like you say, like Chris, you were saying earlier about when you're running, like just hitting these goals and these distances and all these sort of things. And, it, and, and I can relate that to music because I remember when I first picked the guitar up and the noise that would come out of it and the fact my fingers would just wouldn't go where they needed to go and it like muted the strings out and it was just awful, frustrating. But the weird thing is, it just never frustrated me because I had such a passion to want to be good at something like that. And by and large, that's the only thing I, I say the only, the only thing as, as in something uh, I can do, it's the only thing I'm good at. You know, I'm not great. I'm not good at playing video games anymore. I'm good at collecting video games, but I'm not good at gaming as such, but it's something that I can actually do. Like you with running, you do that or, or podcasting. Do you know what? I think I'm pretty good at that. I think we're getting quite good at that now, but you know, but as an actual something that I really committed. I mean, talking years, 25 years that takes and you get better and better and better and you never lose it really in the same way with whatever you want to achieve and achieve and do. 
Alan, you're not, you're not going to all of a sudden overnight not know how to speak on a mic, are you? You know, or, or present yourself on the radio. It's, it, it's, it's taken years and years and years of commitment and practice and the will to do it. And it's something that continues to evolve. Yeah. I, and I accept the fact that I will never get to a point where I've learned everything. There's always oh, yeah. something you can learn. There's always something you can get better totally. at. Totally. The, be- the best guitarists in the world will always say there is no, well, there is no such thing. But also that, that they feel like they're juniors. You know, the best guitarist in the world you've never actually heard of in your life. It's probably some dude who's never been in front of a telly, but never been on the radio. It's some dude out in the outback who can just play the most <laughs> mind-blowing shite. You know, it, 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 you've never seen it before. It's like the best serial killers in the world haven't been caught yet. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. We guys took a dark turn quickly, didn't we? It's all about the mind, Alan. It's all about the mind. <laughs> Look, I want to I, I go back to the, this idea of, the, of the, the, the one degree of separation or one degree change. There's another concept that, and this is used a lot for trying to help people get out of debt, which is usually another big thing that may be your goal this year. Maybe that was your, you know, your resolution. Um, it's, it's, it's something we call the snowball effect. And if you've ever lived where there's snow or at least wet snow, you don't make a giant snowball by just making a big giant ball with your arms. You, you make a small ball and you start rolling it. And as it gets going along, it gains more of the snow and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that's the same effect when it comes to, let's say, getting out of debt. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you got to pay off your, your most expensive credit card. What the problem with that, and, and you can make an argument on paper and graphs about which is the fat, you know, which is the more expedient way in terms of money. But what a lot of people need is success. They need, they need the sense of accomplishment. They need to know that they've, like in the video game world, I, got, I unlocked an achievement. I've got the next level. And everybody I always talk to in terms of finance is like, it doesn't matter what your highest interest card is. It doesn't matter what your most expensive. Whatever one you have, if let's say you got seven credit cards, you pay the minimum on all except for the, the one that has the least amount of money on it. If you owe maybe $200 on one card, you just focus on that one. Pay your minimum so you don't get in trouble and try to do everything you can on that one. But what happens is you end up paying that one off quicker because there's, a less, there's less of a balance. Now you can take the amount of money you were used to spending toward that bill and now combine it with the next highest card. And it, now you're paying a little bit more because you're already paying a minimum. Now you're taking the other amount that you were paying on the first card and adding to it. And you keep snowballing. And by the time you get to the last credit card, you're used to paying off everything and it gets you out of debt, but you get those little achievements along the way. So that's just sort of another way of looking at it. You, the small effect, give yourself those little rewards along the way makes you makes you want to keep going down that path that you've set for yourself. I think debt is a huge problem mentally for people. Like uh, I've come across mm-hmm. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I mean it's massive, isn't it? And it, 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 I think people just feel like they can't get out of it. And I think just even taking aside, let's imagine for a moment you actually can't get out of it. You never get the payoff in the end. You've got to try and get these people to think to themselves, it's not the end of the world. I've still got my legs. Because Well, yeah, but at the same time there's a, there's a lot of stress and pressure that comes with knowing I've got bills due and I don't know how to pay them. Absolutely. You have to ask yourself, how did I get in this position? And what can I do to fix that? Absolutely. I mean, some people can't even do that. Get that. I think there are some people, I mean, I've kind of been in a bit of a difficult situation. I'm an expert when it comes to racking up debt over the years, and I really am. But ultimately now I haven't got those debts as such. I've cleared a lot of that crap due to circumstances and that sort of thing. But I've still got, I've still got some debt, you know, and that's the way it is. But I just, I don't put that, I don't allow that, I pay it basically. Like, you're right, I'm still paying every month. I'm not missing a payment. So that is the right direction, isn't it? And mm-hmm. because of that, mentally, that's good enough for me. I'm, I'm not going to worry about something that I, if I'm doing my best and I'm doing my best to do the best I can, 
then it, at that point it's then out of my control. So there's no point worrying, no point worrying about something that's out of your control. It's pointless. That's a waste of energy. But this is where having that good mental health yeah, toolbox totally. that we all have. Yeah, you're not letting bills go unpaid, and therefore oh, yes, it's not absolutely. freaking you out. And therefore, but you also probably don't say, "Well, I'm just going to go on some European, you know, vacation. I'm going to whack up another seven or eight thousand dollars or euros or whatever or pounds of debt." You don't uh, do that. You say, absolutely. I can't right now. I'm responsible. I've absolutely. recognized where I am. You've got to pay your bills. Plus, you know, you've got to pay your, your they all come first. You've got to be able to pay your bills. And, and yeah. you know, that's a that's another thing that I think maybe in terms of positivity is learning how to prioritize our lives. Yeah, I think I've struggled with debt. Uh, and, you know, I, I look back at some of the things I've tried over the years and, you know, having sort of visual cues to sort of help me, you know, have uh you know uh, not have the fi- financial burden i'm not talking about big you know um debts like a mortgage or whatever i'm just talking about i suppose the debts that i have to ultimately take responsibility for which is spending when i haven't got the money to pay for things like putting things on credit cards mm. and you know and i suppose that's it's only really over time that I've learned how to do that. And when I was younger, I was never really good at saving. And, um, you know, I suppose it's only as I've gotten older and I've, I've had to take some responsibility for that, uh, you know, and it's not easy. And I agree with you, Ben, that there is a, uh, a real, um, there's a real sort of, it can have a real effect on you and a real strain. Um, I mean, example is that um, when Sophie, my uh, youngest, was born, uh, it coincided with my wife's mom passing away. Um, and so uh, my wife was due to go back to work, but didn't because she, she chose to, or say she, we, we decided that uh, she was going to stay at home and look after Sophie and bring her up rather than go back to work. So that then, then just meant that, you know, there was only one income coming into the house. Um, the thing is, if if she had gone to work, um, then her wages would have covered things like nursery bills. So it's it, again, it was a decision that we took because, you know, is it better to have, you know, I suppose other people bringing up your child whilst you're at work and paying for that, you know, and it's not cheap, um, you know, childcare fees and all that kind of stuff. So it was like a, a decision, but I suppose I didn't go into it f- with my eyes fully open because um, it's so soul destroying working from month to month, and you're just kind of going into more debt. If I'm being perfectly honest, you know, and and um, it's only through then thinking, well, how can I help to get myself out of this? And uh, Ben, I know we've we've talked about this separately because I've got a bit, I had a bit of a retro video game collection, you know, which I was building up over the years, which. A lot of it is, to be honest with you, I think it was built up through nostalgia because I'd, I'd sold a lot of it when I was younger. And then as you get older, it's like, oh, it would be cool to have those games again. So, you know, I spent a few years before the kids came along building up that collection, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And and just I think I, I realised that um, it's just stuff on a shelf. It's just stuff that sits there and it gathers dust. And I wasn't really using it. And I know that doesn't apply to everybody, but it, I was just, I was looking at my own circumstances. Mm. So I was thinking about how can I get out of my situation where I, I'm going to work every month, but somehow I'm, I'm going into more debt. And that wasn't me being frivolous with money. It was just a fact of, you know, trying to sort of count everything, um, but then under the pressure to, you know, make sure you're providing for your family and all that kind of stuff. Um so I made the decision to sell it all, and uh, and and that was hmm. about two years ago now, uh, eighteen months, two years ago, 
And so slowly, um, you know, just putting things on eBay, selling stuff. And, um, you know, then, like I said, I think we, I can't remember if we had this conversation on the show, previous shows, or we've had it separately through WhatsApp or whatever, but is that realizing what's important for me or, or you know, as a, as a person and, and is it having stuff on a shelf that I don't really use? It's nice to look at. It's nice to to have, I guess, you know, to, it kind of, it completes a little part of me and that part of my brain that makes me think, oh, that's nice to have that. But then what's more important, having a the other part of my brain that doesn't lose sleep at night thinking I'm in debt and I can't pay off my bills, you know, or, or I, I can pay for them, but I'm just kind of going into more debt. So, and for me, the choice was quite simple, really, at the end of the day. It, the most important thing for me Yes, to have some nice things. I'm not saying I sold everything and lived my life as a monk or anything like that. <laughs> Just running the streets like a fucking idiot. Um, but it's like, it's dis- making that decision, a grown up decision for me, you know, and I still like to think of myself as a kid, you know, I'm 44, am I? 44, 43. But it's it's one of those things where I made a grown up decision to say, look, um, let's get rid of that. And then I can start to chip away at some of the other things. And ultimately, it's made me happier. And, and this year, well, sorry, uh, last year, 2020 in particular, um, through, through various other circumstances, because let's be perfectly honest, uh, people couldn't go out for a period of the year. Um, but that enabled me then to be in a position where I could actually afford to buy some nice things for the family. A few nice things for me. I'm not going to lie. I bought myself a new TV. But that wasn't going into debt to buy it. That was because I'd sold other things that I decided I didn't feel fulfilled my life anymore, if I'm being honest. But the most important thing for me was clearing all of that debt and living to a point now where I don't have to worry about it and I don't have to lose sleep. But that was my sort of choice and that was my decision. But yeah, and that's only through life and experience and age that I've kind of felt like that. And so I've always generally struggled financially. And it's only at this point in my life, you know, where I think I'm in a good place that I've managed to fully get to grips with it, where, you know, I've actually got some savings in the bank now for the first time in my entire life. When you think about it, like I said, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, but some people come to that uh, point in their life sooner than I did. And that's great. Some people still don't. Um, so, but I think it is a grown up decision if it's like i've still got lego on the shelf don't get me wrong i've got some awesome lego i've got a millennium falcon and things like that <laughs> but it's like the you know you have to find a balance and i think that's the whole thing with life isn't it it's that balance you, you know what for me when it came to the debt issue because i know this is sort of a, a side subject that just sort of kind of popped up when i realized i was in a job i didn't like i was making a lot more money but i wasn't paying attention to where that money was going when I decided I wanted to do something that was going to be more fulfilling, more worthwhile, something that was going to give me satisfaction day in and day out, I knew it was taking a pay cut. It was amazing how much I was just pissing away without paying attention when I was f- when I when I mm. recentered my life. Yeah. When I focused on what was making me happy and realized, okay, sure, I'd love to go on a cruise every year, but that's just not that's not attainable. But I can have a job I love every single day. I've got to go to a job. We know we've got to provide for our family. We know we've got to pay bills. So if I can find a way to find a, the job or the career or the path that just is bringing me fulfillment and I can enjoy that, then I don't feel like I'm necessarily having to buy happiness because I'm being happy in what I'm doing. And it becomes a lot easier to then say, I can go without the other stuff 
that really, when you look back at it, was probably your way of trying to deal with other parts of your life that you weren't happy with. Mm-hmm. You were just trying to buy happiness. Absolutely. And also, in reality, it should just be a balance sheet, isn't it? If you can just live from month to month and you you know, you know become a zero once everything's paid off, that's what it's all about. There's no real point, really, in having shit tons of money saved away. Like, becoming a millionaire overnight, it's kind of pointless, you know, the day you leave this planet. It's kind of pointless. Yeah, we can't take you can't it with take you. can't take it with you. But, no, you can't take it with you. So, But it's yeah. fun to collect on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too right. And, it, and it's fun to not actually have to worry about something you can't afford and you've got the money sitting there and you can go and buy it. But what I'm, what, what I'm trying to say is, is it's kind of, I think I may be on I might think slightly different to maybe you guys because I kind of, I mean, I'm a guy on my own now as well. So I, I'm actually in a situation where it is quite difficult for me to, maintain everything that i've got here in one single way just by the way is less these days it's gradually got less and less and less over the years because of that's how it's worked out you know (laughs) it's become like that you know um so for me it's i i I, money is more secondary for me now it's providing i like get to i i don't require money in the bank i don't require savings i don't personally require it but i'll tell you what when you can't pay for when you can't buy something extra that's when it kind of annoys me a little mm. bit it's a bit like look these new consoles have come out the reality is for me is i can't afford it okay i can't and and also i mean i thought i picked one up recently didn't i chris so actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually got a, i got a series x okay which is brilliant because it's the best game of Let's press the on-off button as many times as you can without it turning on the motherfucker. You know that, <laughs> and that's that a, a treat for you. <laughs> and do you know what? I, and and this plays into actually, funny enough, go full circle. This plays into how thinking positively, uh, it, it, things like that doesn't affect me anymore. I I would have kicked off back in the day receiving a new console that didn't work. I would have absolutely gone mental. Technology not working for me would make me go mental. You've never seen me so calm in your life. It just came in, opened it up. Switched, uh, didn't switch on and I just boxed it up and I phoned him up to t- send it back for a refund and I say refund I actually put it onto one of these things where you're going to pay it off like an HP kind of thing so I think maybe going into what you guys are saying I was probably more happy at the fact that I wasn't putting a £500 debt upon mm-hmm. myself I was happy I was actually happier with that I've got such a backlog anyway to be getting on with I'll just crack on with that for now so, so I think it kind of plays into that as well so maybe you know like saying the grown up or the more more um, positive way of thinking is is that I don't need that. I don't need the extra debt. It's pointless. Yeah. You know, I can just bear. I just I'm just getting from A to B generally month to month. Make I'm paying, covering everything, doing this, doing that. Of course I am, but I don't need that extra shite that is going to cost me extra money. Really, yeah. it's, it's it's a stress you don't absolutely. Need. And 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 Alan, yeah. I, just, I I agree totally 100 percent with what you said about jobs because at one point um, a few years ago I was a manager in uh, a job and um, it's. Um, it stressed me out. It made me, you know, not immediately, but over time I got to a point where I didn't even want to go into work. You know, I've never experienced a feeling like it before where I pulled up in my car at the office and it's almost like my body, my whole body was screaming at me. Don't go in, you know, don't go in, don't go, don't go in. This is making you ill. This is bad for you. Um, And, you know, then um, you know, like you said, I, I, I had, it was a decent paid job. Um, but I was in, I was still in debt and I was racking up more debt and it's like, where does that work? Um, but then through circumstance and various other things, there was, uh, you know, a change in the organization. There was an opportunity to go for that job. And I think I went for it more out of obligation than anything else. Um, but as it turned out, I didn't get the job, but it worked out for me because although I took a pay cut, I had less responsibility and I had less stress in my life 
And that to me was more important than getting the extra bits of money that, but I just wasn't happy, you know? And so having, if you like less money to manage your, you know, your, your circumstances, but ultimately being happier for me was, was more, I think, it, you know, we, you often ask, don't you, with the, would you rather kind of questions, would mm-hmm. you rather have more money, but a lot more stress in your life? Uh, or would you have not so much money, um, but hardly any stress and doing something you enjoy doing? And obviously it's, it's, for me, that's a no brainer. You know I mean? Yeah. No brainer. Absolute mm. no brainer. And it's amazing when you do find more reasons to be happy every day. And it's, 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 it's a calm, there's no one size fits all. There, it wasn't just the job change. It was realizing I enjoyed what I was doing. It, I enjoyed what I was reading. I enjoyed life. I enjoyed my kids. I started seeing the positive everywhere. We talked about it in the last episode. Try to find those little things every day and suddenly you'll realize there's so much positivity in your life. You've just been ignoring it in favor of the negative. You've been giving the negative more power than the positive. I, I, I honestly, you know, my wife even gets to the point. She said, I think you just are content. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with being content. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm, I, I'm sitting here not wanting to better myself, but I don't feel this oppressive need to keep up with somebody else's toys. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's impossible to keep up though with that anyway, as if you really think about it. There's always something more expensive out there and better out there if you really think about it. I could never keep up with the Joneses. And in fact, just quickly going back to that Xbox thing, even when I pre-ordered that the month before, I I kind of, I think it was me, you, Chris, and Adam speaking on, on a WhatsApp about it. So kind of, I think you guys managed to clinch a PS5 each and... I couldn't get hold of that. At that moment, I think myself, it's almost like this. What I, I felt like I was, oh, I, I need to get this new console, and I managed to get hold of this Xbox. So even back then, I was thinking to myself, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this for what reason? It's going to be another console that's going to sit there, like all my other 49, by the way, that I've got here, that I have not committed enough time to anyway. So again, I was doing it for what reason? Just to just have the next console. I'm already seeing people with the new Series X, people piping up saying. It's just sitting there. I'm not even turning it on. And I would have been that guy. I know I would have been that guy. For me not to buy a console on launch is unheard of. It really, really is. I've got in debt before. I remember years ago, the PS3, I borrowed money from my nan. I mean, she's not here anymore. For the PS3, I borrowed shitloads. It was about, it was about £4,000, the PS3, when it came out. <laughs> it was about 450 something ridiculous, yeah? And I remember borrowing that money and paid it off monthly, 50 quid a month, what it was. And for what reason, really... She, I'm pleased she lent me the money to do it back then, of course. But from her generation, they never did that. They never, ever did. My nan never did anything like that. She would save for whatever she wanted. That's why she had loads of money. She'd save up and pay for it instantly without getting any credit cards out yep. or anything. Mm. And it's it's a better way. I, I, I'm not, I want to be that way. That's what they are. There's one of my goals. Eventually, I will be. I mean, I don't have cards. I do have cards, but I have nothing on them. So I'm gr- lucky in that respect because I've twist, I've sorted all the finances out. But eventually I want to be debt-free, like properly debt. It's all manageable, but that there's a goal for me. I'd rather just be one of these scenarios where you don't need for anything, and if you want to have something, you can just go and mm. buy it. You know, it's so funny. That'd be, that'd be uh, this is, sounds almost cliche, but there's a reason cliches exist because there's, it happens all the time that it's a truth. My daughter actually hit me up today. Now, she totaled one of the cars that we had bought for our first daughter to learn how to drive on. All three of the other girls before her learn how to drive on this car. So it was one of those hand-me-down cars to teach him each how to drive. And she totaled it. She wasn't paying attention. It was on a, and thankfully, she didn't get hurt. She, she was in a car accident, but it was a, she slid off the road, uh, overcorrected, hydroplane into a telephone pole, but she was fine. And we said, look, 
you're going to have to get your own car. Otherwise, you're going to ride with us because we're not buying another car. You, you, you wrecked the one that you had. Well, so we found one. She had to take out a loan and then made a point of working extra hours, paid it off in six months. Nice. It was a used car, obviously, not a new car. And she called me today. She said, I just wanted to let you know, Dad, I was, I was thinking there might be something wrong with the battery. So I made an appointment with the mechanic. I had him look at it. He said the battery terminals were a little dirty, but he still said it might be a bad battery. So I wanted to go over to Advance Auto Parts. They, they put a tester on it. They said it looks okay, but it could be getting weak because it's a little older. Come on back in a month. And she said, I want you to know I love my car, and I don't think I would have felt like this had I not had to buy it. Mm. I'm That's like, there pretty, you go. Mm-hmm. It's your money. Suddenly, you care for that thing more than before. There is something to be said about not just giving somebody something, but earning it, saving for it, yeah. you know, paying for it yourself. Absolutely. Which, by the way, a lot of these people, are, you know, just Christmas just gone on that. A lot of these people, <laughs> that's good. Uh, they are uh, coming into the problems of the the mental health with debt and compounding and problems that sort of thing. I I know people who have no money and yet they somehow manage to whip out these thousands of pounds for their kids, and it's. Oh. Like, you, where is that coming from? You're moaning constantly the whole year you, you, about finances. And not having any money. And then, no, yeah. You and know then what? you That's do that. Yeah. Probably why this time of year, not only is it cold and dark and post-holidays, yeah. you probably got your first bill in the mail. And you're yeah. like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the point I was going to make is I think you have to kind of just say no. If it means one year, I, I've just never been like that with my kids. Honestly, they don't get much. I'm not a Scrooge, by the way. It's just, I'm just not that way. And they don't get much. And that, do you know what? It means I don't get much debt. Either. So it's you know, great. Ben, I'm, yeah. you, you, yeah. you've got some older kids. Mine are all, all yeah. pretty much out of the house. And Chris, yeah. yours are younger. I will say this for a fact. We had a game night over the summer where the girls all came over and they just, we were sitting here and just enjoying playing a board game. And it turned into memories of summers or memories of vacations. And then my oldest daughter said, you know, when we look back, it's not the toys we remember. It's the games we played together. And basically what they were saying, it's the memories we made together. And a lot of people forget that. It's great to buy things. And yes, kids need clothes and they want to be able to play a video game and have a, a CD or a record. And, and we want to do things as parents. But of course, hearing my kids now on their own, reflecting back, saying, it's great to get things, but the stuff you remember and the stuff you reminisce and, and go back and relive are the adventures, the memories, not so much the gift. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, right I just want to go back a little bit to what you were saying, Ben. About it's amazing. I think the the, the different, in, you know, kind of mindset in terms of um, debt and you know, with generations of people, like my mom, for example. Mm. So she, my mom, um, never really earned loads of money. She's worked all her life, but she's never been in a high paid job or anything like that. You know, she's worked in post office, in shops. Um, you know, cleaning or do, doing things like that. Whereas you know. Uh, my dad always had, you know, good, well-paid jobs and, um, but also a lot of debt with that, um, you know, that came into it. And so, um, and also my mom helped to supplement a lot of his income as well, you know, and, and I guess she got, was given an allowance. So, and the reason I'm, I'm bringing this through as a point to it is that after 36 years, their relationship came to an end. And so my mom had to go from, I suppose, in some ways, um, you know, having all the bills paid for yes i guess my dad paid for all the bills you you can look at it in that way but then having to manage all of her money and all her bills um you know from scratch and you know without real any any real help 
and and earning £126 a week, I think it was, from her job. And you know what? She's never been in debt and she's never had a credit card and she's never relied on other people to help her, you know, and she's never claimed anything in terms of any benefits, which she's entitled to, uh, you know. And that, to me, I mean, she's one of the most amazing people I, I think I've ever known. And happier, to, I yeah, assume, and and she's at yeah. a point now where you know she can she's financially stable herself. She pays all. Get this right, she you know because in this country, Alan, you have things like council tax, which is like you know it pays for your your waste disposal, the police and fire department. Bit, bits of your council tax basically go off to different departments and people and uh, you know in the in the kind of the the counties and you know where we where we live and everything mm-hmm. uh i'm sure i'm sure you have similar taxes and things that you have to pay uh it, it doesn't go on the potholes over here though, does it? <laughs> oh yeah no we, yeah. we call that that's funny because nobody else understands what it is they call it the millage rate it's the t- extra tax you pay pay on your property that goes toward public services and 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 first responders and government yeah no really so yeah, it's yeah. it's something like that and then all the other bills and schools yeah <laughs> and those damn things absolutely so that that's like you know um a fairly big bill you know from my point of view and from her point of view and the water rates and everything else and you know what she pays all that stuff off early she will pay the bill and then at some extra and the the biggest thing that gives her you know she's on her own you know now and she the biggest thing that gives her sort of joy and and happiness is the, there's not having things in the house, you know. She doesn't go without anything food-wise, and I so say she wants something, then she'll guess she'll go out and buy buy it. But she doesn't have Wi-Fi. She doesn't have the internet. She doesn't have a satellite dish. She doesn't. Oh, wow. she, do, Imagine she doesn't have things like that. She's got a TV, and she's got like. No, oh, so she's camping. <laughs> yeah, she's homeless. Um, but no, she's got. Uh... <laughs> do you wave? Her? Do you wave her from the warmth of your front room? Wave her outside. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's. But she's got everything she needs and all she wants. And I think the most thing I think is her, and this circles around to what I was saying earlier on, it's not material things that make you happy. It's the, it's the biggest thing that makes her happy is seeing us and the kids happy and, and yeah. being with the kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and that to me is that she learned to live and survive, um, you know, and it was difficult for her. I know how difficult it was for her. And it was difficult for me because, you know, it's my mom. And, um, but, She's learned to manage that herself independently. And, and like I said, I'm, I can't, you know, it's, it's amazing really to think that for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money can somehow, you know, manage to balance. And, and if she can't afford it, she won't have it. That's it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so um, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't have that mindset or at least I didn't, but I'm starting to learn it more now. And it's so it's amazing how uh, how much of a relief it is once you do get to that point in a, in your life. I gotta tell you, I love I love knowing that if I want something, I gotta start putting money aside for it and then buy it straight up. I I I, I actually got in trouble in our country. This is the weirdest thing. For eighteen years, when my because it was when my daughter was born, I said, okay, that's it, no more credit cards. I'm sick of this. And we went and and did the whole snowball thing. Paid one off, then paid the next, then paid the next. And within four years, no debt whatsoever. And then when I went to go buy that car we mentioned that my youngest daughter managed to total, I went to the bank. I went to my credit union. I've been with that credit union for since I was 16 years old. And I said, yeah, I found this used car. I think it's going to be a good one for the girls, a mini SUV, a little Xterra. 
And I said, uh, it's a $4,000 loan. So I just want to get a, a personal loan. Do you realize I didn't get the loan initially? And you want to know why? No credit history. Mm. I had gone so long without any yeah. credit card debt at all, like zero, that they thought, well, how can we trust you with debt when you've never had any? I'm like, well, how, how, do, you, how do you think I, how do you think you can't trust me? I have no debt. It's because I pay my bills. And it was the weirdest thing. So I had to, and I, I hate to admit this, I had to get my dad in, in my 40s to come co-sign a $4,000 uh, loan kind of for thing. a car. And so I ended up having to buy, or, or excuse me, get a couple of credit cards. So we have like four credit cards now, all in my name. And all we do is I put aside whatever money I need to spend for whatever. It's already set aside. And I say, okay, we're going to go buy whatever. I then go charge it on the one card and then come right home and send the bill. <laughs> so it's at least getting used. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy that the system is set up that they want you to be in debt, but that's yeah, not yeah. the right way to be. And I hate it, but there is nothing better than for me to say, oh, I want to go get a new computer. I finally decided, my wife was like, you know what? You've been, you've been bitching, you've been arguing, you've been, you know you need one. Yours is 12 years old. I don't even know how it's still working. And the <laughs> fact that I had money set aside. And then I felt bad going, do I really want to spend it? Because now I've been saving it. And you see that money in the bank, you don't want to use mm-hmm. it now. Oh, yeah. 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 But the funny thing about that is, I mean, I've got this coming up. I'm handing my PC down to my little girl, Anya. So this one's four years old. And that's only because I finished paying it off next month. <laughs> right? So it's taking me four years. But I, well, now you can go in debt well, with no, 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 exactly. But basically, I have to. I will, I will basically go, yes. I, look, I'm one of these people who will pay for it, and I've paid it. I've proven it. There we go. It's taken four years. I've paid for it. But at the same time, it, it works out better because, A, I want to have a better computer. <laughs> And B, it allows her to have one as well, which is a really good system for her to have. So it does kind of work. Just interesting, another thing as well. There's a big thing at the moment over here where people who can't get on the can't even get on the property ladders over here because you have to get you have to have like three months pay up front or whatever it is, you know, a certain amount deposit down for these sort of things. You can't get trust. People don't trust you to be able to pay that, even though they're paying up to a thousand pound a month. Uh, rentals to these landlords you know uh, it's it, the whole thing is crazy and also don't get me started do not get me this is not the rent show by the way but don't get me started on <laughs> the, the amount of, the amount of credit you get offered if you consider everything at the moment that's going on as oh. well consider that what is going on in the world yeah. right now the fact that you could be offered any credit and people who are not in a situation to be offered any credit it's crazy yeah. It's, you know, we should have an entire show just on, <laughs> we kind of did a little bit on on money and money management, but I, I drilled it into my girls. I said, you know what? They hit you in college. They go, hey, you're about to graduate. You're going to have a good paying job. You need a credit card. And they sit there on campus. They'll have folks that are always trying to get you to sign up or they'll email you or text you or hit you up on social media. And I said to the girls, I said, you know what? It's important to have a credit card because what I just said earlier, you've got to have something that's being tracked to prove that you pay your bills. But the worst thing you can do is assume that just because they give you credit, that you are worthy of spending all of that limit. Mm -hmm. Don't put yourself in that position. I said, don't ever go out to dinner on a credit card because that steak that you think you're going to spend $50, $60, $70 on a steak if you don't pay it off right away, guess what? That stake suddenly cost you, what, 200 yeah, 300 yeah. 400 with interest? It's not worth it. I have done that, you though, gotta, and I did gotta, enjoy the stake. I love that stake. It was, <laughs> it was good at the time. It was wonderful. But it, but it wasn't $200 no, no, yet, right? It's crazy, because you don't even see those figures. When you're doing it at that time, you don't even realize it at that time. No, and, yeah. and that's the thing. They know that. They yeah. know it. And if they give you the debt, they want... Here's the thing. 
Uh, folks, big big shock. Everybody here, on, you know, the three of us know this, but for folks listening, credit card companies want you to get to the point where you can only pay the minimum. Because do you know how long it would take to pay off a typical credit card if you only make minimum payments? Let's say you never use it again, and you and you say, "I'm just going to pay whatever the minimum." I don't think it's about think, 21 years. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even think you could. Could you? Because it's I mean, 21 you years. Get- That's how they figure it out. Wow. So. And think about that. Think about the interest you're paying over 21 years if you stopped using it today and only paid the minimum. That is nuts, but they know it. Mm. They know you're going to want to go buy because we're all very materialistic. We're a consumer-driven society. Yeah. It, whether you're in the UK, any countries in the Europe, in the, in the United States, the Western world, we are a consumer-driven society. And they want you to be hooked and they want you in debt and they want you to be just enough in debt that you can't pay off the credit card because that's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. And I try all the time to tell people when I'm on the radio, tell my girls, don't fall into that trap because it's so easy because it's tempting. You get the rewards right now. You're like, oh, I feel good. I just bought something. But then it, the stress that comes up behind everything we've just talked about leading up to this, it'll kill you. You know, the number one reason for divorces still is money problems. Think about relationship failures. It's still the number one reason why relationships fail. Now, there may be some other contributing factors, but the number one reason reported by divorce attorneys why why couples split up is lack of money agreement or money management, where one's buying all the time or you're wanting to buy separate things or you don't know how to save together, whatever. It's money related. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And just quickly, just going back to, we have this thing on, because uh, my daughter's 11. She's gone up to big school now. I say big school. Uh, that's pathetic. She goes, she's gone up to big school. And um, so they have more control now of their own lives, which is brilliant. So they have a locker. They have, it's all biometrics and that sort of thing, um, which obviously that's changed at the moment. But they have this thing called parent pay. So I can go on there and I can top up her food account. Yep. So she can buy oh, yeah. stuff in the canteen, yeah. right? So, so we've got all this at the moment. It's all new to me. I top it up each week and that sort of thing. But on there, they're advertising constantly at the moment. They have adverts within this app on your phone as well, which I think is funny, right? <laughs> but they're advertising <laughs> a credit card for your kids. I mean, I, and I've seen it. I don't mind ones where you get the idea because they should be taught, like you say, you know, have these. But I've, I've always thought maybe a debit card. Maybe give them a debit card where you That's top what it we up. did with our girls. We yeah, said, look, it acts card. like yeah. a credit card, but if you don't have money in the bank, guess what? Yeah. You can't yeah. buy it. But this one here, they're to, it costs fifteen pounds a month to have this card. Oh, screw that! No, <laughs> and that was my point. That's now wheedling its way into these sort of things. It's mm. scary, I tell you. It's it's that thing, isn't it? It's that it's that sort of like come full circle to what I was saying at the very start of the show, isn't it? It's that instant gratification, wanting things now, but not necessarily having to go through the pain to get to where you want to be to achieve. Right. Oh, you know what? I mean? Chris, you're so good. I was going to do the exact same thing. I've been learning from the best, Alan. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think we all just sort of naturally came back full circle. And I thought this is perfect because it gets us to where we started about making those little incremental steps. It's not instantaneous. It does take time. It takes effort. But if you can make those little tiny steps achievable and attainable, those are two important words, make it achievable and attainable. You know, you can make those changes in your life. You just have to accept it's not going to be overnight. Mm-hmm. So let me do this because I wanted to wrap up with this. I had I had pulled an article on some of the best suggestions from some of the top psychologists, life coaches, and others on ways to break the cycle. It's something that we're kind of talking about when it comes to resolutions. Because like, why do we make a resolution? We feel like we want to make a change. We're caught in some kind of a self self you know either spiraling down or spiraling out of control cycle we 
we want to change that. We want to, you know, make a different path. So let's see all the things we talked about. Let's see how many of these we actually already covered without even having started with this list. We're going to end with the list. Um, how about this? Did we talk about this at all? That overcome your negative thought patterns by not ignoring them, just replace them with other thought patterns. In other words, notice that you've got a bad pattern, acknowledge that it's a bad pattern and that you want to change that pattern, then articulate out loud what you want the new pattern to be, and then follow that path. You think we covered that today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Look at that. That was one. Of, that was a life coach that told us that to do it that way. We could have. We could made this a lot faster. Just read that one. That was definitely worded better than I could have worded it, though. I'll be honest. Yeah. How about you know? Here's one we didn't talk about, but I do think it'd be a nice end cap. I will talk. About, I'll, I'll go through some of these other ones as well. But this one is important because I say this a lot to people who feel like they've made big mistakes in their lives, but then they can't forgive themselves. Mm. You have to be your own best friend. You have to be able to tell yourself. You're still a good person, even if you made a mistake. Too many people allow themselves to be their own worst enemy, calling themselves the worst things. And think about it. If you ask, if your best friend says, hey, um, you know, how do I look? They're going to give you an honest answer. But how many people, when they look at themselves in the mirror, see the worst and they don't give themselves an honest mm. answer? That's a huge thing for me, if I'm being perfectly honest. That was, I mean, I'm, I'm going to spend too much time talking about it now, maybe for the next show. But uh, I went through huge parts of my life with, really low self-esteem you know thought i I was ugly um i know i am but you know what i mean uh you got there before me then you bastard (laughs) but but you know sort of like not having any kind of confidence whatsoever in myself as a person um and how crippling that can be and it really can be and it's only through experience that you um that you you can work on that you know you can work on it and you can turn it around so and it doesn't have to be like that you know so and that that's not just you know physically how you look it's about you know your mindset in general um you know so that, that's maybe something to explore another time is uh, yeah you know i'm going to write it down because the section here it says when you to to be your own best friend and this is what you were exactly saying chris we often tend to be mean to ourselves. Hmm. 90% of self-talk, when we're just looking at ourselves and thinking about ourselves and ranking or rating ourselves, tends to be negative. So what this particular life coach says is acknowledge that you're having that thought. Give yourself no more than three minutes to dwell on it, but then let it go because mm-hmm. it has no positive, it, it, it will bring you nothing positive. Nothing good will come of it if you just stay dwelling on a negative thought. You need to get rid of it and figure out how you can reframe it as if a best friend were looking at you rather than a a, a bully or an enemy looking yeah. at you. But just quickly, you, I presume you don't think that way now, Chris, at all. No, no. Um, it, no yeah. I, I, it, like I said, but it's taken many years and there were b- mm. b- long periods of my life where I don't feel like I've wasted my life, but I do feel like I had a lot of wasted energy thinking about things that I didn't mm-hmm. need to focus on. And I, I, I would hate for anybody to focus on things that, you know, they perceive to be negative about them or about their life um, when, you know, there is so much more positive things to focus on than it's almost, it's, it's, that's, I don't have many regrets, hardly any at all, in fact, but that is perhaps one of them. When I look back at a period in my life where I wasn't happy with myself and I wasn't happy with the way I looked at myself and thought about myself, but however, you know, again, reframing that, uh, if I hadn't have gone through that, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't feel or be the person that I am now. I wouldn't appreciate more about what I've got and who I am now. 
if yeah, I hadn't been through that sort of, if you like, negative cycle. So yeah, I think we have to go through these. I just wish I could have learned it faster. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't like. I know you're saying about writing stuff down, but I definitely want to go through at some point my coaching that I had, like go deeper into it because I didn't realize what was going on to myself mentally, you know, through the marriage and that sort of thing. And I'd like to touch on a few things because that, that comes into play. Not particularly, I mean, I've always thought I'm fucking amazing, basically. <laughs> so there's a fine line here, Ben. <laughs> no, no, I, I, joking aside, but the whole part of life is to actually, is to really give yourself props and, and love yourself, like we said from the yeah. start of this bitch just and, now. And don't, yeah. don't be afraid to forgive yourself. It's okay oh, if you made easy. a huge mistake. Yeah, forgive yeah. yourself. But there are external factors that can come into that. And if it's an unhappy relationship and those sort of things, a lot of that can actually play a part of that. And when you come through on the other side, which I have been now for the last five years, and in fact, best friends with my ex-wife, you know, the mother of my child and that sort of thing, it, it wasn't even in the sense of it being particularly a bad relationship. But I just want to touch on that when we next chat, because actually, if you're just not right for each other, you can't force all that shite. You can't right. really, yeah. And, and it's important to maybe, like you said there, Alan, just wish you'd learn that sooner. I think right. <laughs> really, it'd be nicer to have not gone through nine or 10 years of that. If there were that. only a podcast we could have listened yeah. to, just like this one. <laughs> I'm just thinking that this life coach yeah. is probably being paid thousands and thousands of dollars and we're giving away this stuff for free. For free. All right, let me go through a few of these others and see if we've hit these. Um, write stuff down. Don't just think it in your head. If you've got a negative thought or you think something's negative, put it down on paper and see if it really is as big or as monumental as it sounds in your own head. Yeah. Somehow putting it on paper makes it more manageable. I've always been hideous at doing that. I've actually never done that. I've never physically written it down, but I have pretty much a photographic brain. I have like this chalkboard. Well, you're weird. My- Everybody else should do it. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. You're absolutely right. And I can only go by what I've been through and how I've come through. I used to have my, um, used to have a, a board. Like that. The whole idea was to have a board and you, like you say, you write down these affirmations and all these things, which are great. But in the end, you just do it naturally. They're there. It's like a digital board within my head. I can I can f- visualize it now. Like I can visualize everything in my life. A very vivid imagination. So I actually don't need to physically get that pen out. I personally don't need to do that. Um, but it is a for the vast majority. But for the vast of people, majority of people, one hundred percent a great idea. No, the point I want to make there is at the start I did. At the start I had a massive. I want to say chalkboard, but it's not. What is it? It's with a bloody pointy pen. It's a it's a pen pen board. What do you call them? Come on, help me, guys. <laughs> Like a dry erase board? That's it. There we go. Thank you very much. Yeah. I had that and I used to write that stuff down and you write, you you, you literally write down great things that happen. A bit like when you said about, you know, when you go to sleep at night and think about the great things that happen yeah. during the day, those things you would write down. Even if you get a nice compliment from someone, you write it down, you know, all these things. It's fantastic. And uh, you're, you're bang on the mark there. It's really important. And that goes the same with affirmations. It, it, to tell yourself you love yourself and you're worth more and you're worth a lot of things and you're not this terrible person that someone may have said you are or or any you know all those things over all the years in the end it just becomes natural it's naturally there you yeah. don't even have to think about it anymore. and the other thing as well is if you do start to do that um then that then starts to pain into your sort of self-esteem bank as well because when you look mm. back at those and you you look at the the positive things that have happened to you or you've achieved or people have said about you or to you know whatever then you can look back at them you will remember them more vividly than if you perhaps just try and recall something that happened because if you actually put a date on something or you know and then like a sentence and maybe of what what happened it. then if you you'll you'll remember that and it will be you'll picture it more in your mind um than actually if you just try and recall something through memory um so and and like i said when you start to then think about that 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 will then 
pay into your sort of overall positive self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. There you go. Another one, and I think we've covered this as well. Make a conscious effort to find things that you love, like, and appreciate. And it doesn't have to be big ones. Here's what uh, the author of this said. Uh, example, I love the way this coffee tastes. I like the way this chair feels. I appreciate the chance to process my ideas with the team. These don't have to be monumental big things. This goes back to what we talked about last month. You can look for the little things that are positive, just those tiny things. Then they start to all add up. Yeah. What were we talking? Little incremental changes and let it all just kind of build from there. Um, Establish new habits. This is another uh, life coach saying, rather than thinking of it in terms of overcoming negative thought patterns, think of it as establishing new habits. You do that by directing your attention to the subjects where there's nothing to overcome. Subjects that you already feel good about and therefore think positively about. That could be your pet, your painted toenails, being outside, the beach. Start with something easy. How's that? It seems like it's reinforcing everything we've already just gotten. Yeah. Well, that's I, I, I definitely amazing. appreciate my painted toenails, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we opened with this one, but one of these uh, coaches says, turn off the morning news. We already covered that. Uh, use affirmations. And I think we said that as well. It's okay to yeah. give people positive confirmation of what you think you see about them. It makes you feel better when you hand out compliments to others. Yeah. And uh, a couple more that are part of this that I think we covered. Um, focus on gratitude. Look at the things you should be happy about. Chris, I think this goes back to your discussion of your mom. When you surround yourself with things that you feel pleasant about or the accomplishments around you and you're, and you can look at those and feel grateful, then you feel less of the urge that you're missing on something. Mm. Yeah. Because sometimes when we feel like we're missing, we feel like we've got to go plug it with by going to buy something or do something, and then we feel like we can't keep up and we're not measuring up, and then we can start a negative cycle instead of a positive thought cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that puts pressure on you, and then that, you know, has an effect on you and your self-esteem, and, you know, yeah, it just doesn't lead you down a good road at all. So there we are. You know, here's all these experts, and this was from a Forbes article and I think we've covered just about in the space of the episode here, pretty much a lot of it. It all it all centers around, you know, putting it down on paper or at least having a good idea, realizing that you're not trying to change the pattern. You're trying to put a new pattern in place. You're trying to do something different to take over the old pattern. Like you, like you said, Chris, the one degree change that can put us on a completely different path rather than the exact path we've been on. It doesn't have to be a huge change. And- Honestly, it's learning to start to see the positive, even if it's small. The coffee was great. All the lights were green on the way to work. My dog was at the top of the stairs when I came home and wagging its tail and was so happy to see me. And, and I realized I va- I'm, I'm valuable to that other being, that life that's, that cares about me. And it's those little things that start to add up and snowball. And eventually, you've got a huge amount of positivity. Mm, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love you guys. <laughs> do you know what I like about this show? What I absolutely do adore about it is, is it's not just three guys chatting stuff and telling people what they should and shouldn't do. It's actually from experience, a lot of this. And um, all of it. So, so, yeah, so we're, we actually open up. You, we actually open the curtains a little bit to our lives, which I like. I think that's really important. So, yeah, good. Well, I've got some notes now for next week or next week, next episode. It won't be next week, but next month or two months. It yeah. just depends. I know we've got a pretty busy schedule over at 60 megawatt podcast or 60 mw (laughs) i still i still can't get my mind around saying 60 mw it's like what does that mean i'm like it used to mean minutes with but we don't do that anymore so yeah 
Uh, before we uh, kind of wrap this one up, uh, Ben, we, we're in 2021. Obviously, things, like we just said, don't change on a dime just because it's a new year. Uh, hopefully, the, the year ends better than 2020. But, you know, we all have things that we could be positive about when we look back, even if it was a bad year. Absolutely. I mean, I, again, I probably annoy people through my positivity from through last year. And again, you know, with everything that's gone on, it, it, it's actually been quite beneficial to some people who never, like, in, in my case, I'd never used to get much time off. <laughs> so I actually enjoyed that downtime to better gather my thoughts. And, um, but just generally speaking, it's, it, I think, I think for me, it's about, it's allowed me to also, um, think about who in your life is important who in your life is important to keep around and engage in. And I think it's important to, whilst you can do all these things to help yourself, you know, all these self-affirmations, all these sort of things as well, if you're getting a constant feed of nonsense from external people, you need to definitely cancel that crap out of your life. You need to get rid of that. Get rid of any any negative energies. that, that Absolutely. You know, any, anything that you have no control over, get rid of. Like like you said last time, I about, you know, rent, was it renting? Um, Letting people live rent-free yeah, in your head. Rent, exactly. That is really important. That was a really good point you made on the last show. So I think that's really important for people to get hold of and, and, and do, you know. Chris, your final thoughts sort of looking back as we head into this 2021? Yeah, I think it's just, um, you know, I suppose when you look back at some of the things that I've done, I mean, like, Looking back, yes, there was a lot of crap that happened in 2020, but I also look at, I tend to focus on a lot of the positive things. Like I said, um, saving money for me was a big thing this year. Um, actually ending the year with some money in the bank to, you know, to say I've got some decent savings was awesome. All the amount of running I did, which, you know, gave me a lot of confidence and self-esteem, which was awesome. Uh, you know, friends and family, uh, connecting with people where that has been difficult. Um, you know, doing, uh, I think by last count, I think I did about 38 podcasts, which, you know, for, for me was awesome uh, because it gave me chance to have a laugh and a joke and talk about stuff that I enjoy and I love doing. You know, that's talking about um, personal relationships, po- positivity, video games, movies, music, whatever. Um, and just connecting more with you guys, I think, has been a big thing. Yeah. And so just more of that, really. Uh, but also then adding on top of that a couple maybe of other personal goals for me that I'd like to like to do. Um, so, yeah, just building on. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like we said at the start, it's building on top of the things that you've already you've already mm-hmm. achieved and you've already gained and then taking that even further and just keep on building a building. My, my dad said to me many years ago, um, you know, about personal goals and stuff. And I wasn't in that frame of mind to listen or, you know, understand fully. But, you know, he, he said, oh, you know, it's about climbing the next mountain, isn't it? And I didn't get it, but I do now, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll end on the same or a very similar note. Uh, when I look at everything that's happened in 2020, there have been significant challenges. But the fact that we not only got through it, but became, in my mind and what I do, in talk and communication and what we do here with entertainment, with the podcast, there are so many people whose lives we've affected and positively affected, whether it was a laugh, whether it was a distraction, whether it was advice. And I look back and realize all of the good that still comes even in the most trying times. And isn't that what history has shown us over and over again, that there's always something positive. There's always something to learn. There's always something good, even in adversity, learning how to maybe 
pinch a few pennies, maybe learning what is important versus what's not. But, you know, maybe it's not having the brand new car and not having the biggest the biggest house. Maybe it is spending more time with those that you love and the, and and which which is what it should be. And so I just am so thankful that you guys have come within my inner circle and are part of my life. And whether we're talking on a podcast or just chatting on WhatsApp, I consider you guys some of my closest friends, and Absolutely. that to me is is priceless. You cannot buy that in any store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, one thing I'll just decide, just to finish off, is that uh, my dad's analogy of climbing the next mountain, um, he's not a mountaineer. I should point that out. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like a real mountain? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in case people were taking that quite literally, but you know. <laughs> He told me I had to take up mountain climbing. <laughs> You're not dumbing down the mentality of our listeners. Uh, oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> oh, guys. Well, you know what? I'm gonna. You know, I I know I kind of drove the show, but Chris, you are so good at because you've done so many of the episodes in 2020 for uh, this the 60 MW podcast. Very quickly for those folks that don't know a lot about the rest of the episodes and the shows, you want to take us very quickly through what 60 MW has underneath the umbrella absolutely i'll take a lead from from what you say on your radio show quite often is that 60mw is the overall banner but underneath that there are tons and tons of different shows that you can uh, listen to i like to sort of i suppose for for people i like to put it as a as an audio buffet um there's some stuff that people are going to really like some stuff that people will just leave and 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 take the rest so we've got the abc of gaming which is a semi-regular uh video game show that's myself and ben and adam uh then we've got obviously the abc of forwarding ahead which you've just enjoyed hopefully and listened to uh and then you've got the clint cast which is with dave and ben talking about all things clint eastwood starting from the very early films of clint and then going through his uh, his back catalogue um, those happen fairly irregularly, I should be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> this year, I probably we, we Dave and I have spoken anyway. But they're definitely going to uh, pick the game up. Good this year, so. because I'm enjoying exploring yeah. the movies of Clint, uh, which I've never watched before. I'm not a massive Western fan, but watching, you know, that's another thing for me in 2020. Watching the yeah. the Man with No Name uh, trilogy for the first time ever. Imagine that, you know. Uh, so there you go. Then you've got the Decade of Decadence with um, Dave and Tom, which focuses a lot of the stuff on the 80s. Uh, the, the entertainment show, which is with me and Dave, and that's focusing on things that have kept us occupied uh, over the pa- over a couple of months. Uh, then you've got the interview shows, which Dave primarily drives, which are all about you know interviewing people from the uh, entertainment industry, music, mo- uh, movies, directors, actors, all that kind of stuff, musicians. Uh, then you've got the rant show, which Alan hosts, which is um, has people from all the team on, uh, and that's sort of like taking a if you like, I look at it as room 101 kind of thing, you know, looking at the things that annoy us, the little things that annoy us in, in life. Uh, but it's very lighthearted. Then you've got the sound check shows, which uh, again are um, Dave tends to, to drive, which introduce people to new music that's going on out there. And also talking about maybe stuff that uh, music from our past. And then finally, you've got the spotlight shows, which are uh, there's two spotlight shows. And this is with myself and Adam where we uh, talk about uh, movies from our past, from our childhood, uh, where, you know, we sort of look back at films that we haven't watched for a long, long time uh, and decide whether or not they're any good, if they live up to the memory. But we've also introduced a TV um, sort of uh, slot to that, which is uh, focusing at the moment on Sledgehammer from the late 80s, which was a great uh, comedy TV show. 
Um, mm-hmm. And last but not least, I guess it does fall within the the sound check uh, show. But uh, Alan has mentioned it already. But we have our Metallica uh, spotlight shows, which are awesome. Which he's going through the Metallica albums all the way back to from Kill 'Em All to uh, to the very end to the live S and M uh, album. Uh, and potentially beyond, we we have some thoughts, but we're just going to focus on album to album. Um, and again, those yeah, and, and those don't have necessarily a once a month no. or where we fit them in because we want to have time to digest the albums and have time to talk. Yeah, about. you can't rush those. So, um, but uh, I mean, you know, with all of those podcasts, I mean, Dave's put together a schedule, uh, and and we tend to release the podcasts um, on a Monday and a Thursday, and sometimes on mm-hmm. Saturday because th- it's a packed schedule. Trust me, there there are so many shows. Um, you know, I, I haven't even counted how many podcasts we've done in 2020, but it's a lot. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to keep you entertained. And if you want to follow on social media, tell us what you thought about this show or thought about any of the content or go about any of the other things that are on the underneath that banner. You can follow us on Twitter. That's 60MW Podcast. Same thing for Instagram, 60MW Podcast. Or go to the website, which is 60MW.co.uk. Anyway, check out the website 60MW online. It's uh, they've got, there's actually a place where you can send uh, comments as well and take time to rate, review, and share. That always helps us out. Whether it's a review in the Apple Podcasts or whether you're just sending it on social media, use the little button in your podcatcher that you're listening to right now to share and tell everybody what you thought of it. And who knows? Maybe we'll touch other folks' lives and be able to drive them right back here to a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and a lot of entertainment. All right, guys, until the next time, anything else? There were shout-outs that I was going to have, by the way. Um, but I, I don't want to rush them. I think I'll leave them until the next show. Because, I I as I said, right at the start of the show, I had some really good feedback. And actually, sorry, I'll just have a couple of quick shout-outs, yeah? Yeah, uh, go one's, ahead. one's a personal friend of mine, a really, really good friend of mine, Heather, who has moved back to Liverpool now. And um, she actually listened. Um, I, um, I've given her a bit of help over the um, last few months, just as a friend, obviously, and just like everything we talk about on this show, I kind of give her that those tools to use in life as well and that sort of thing. And it's and it's come back and it's given us nice feedback. But she's listened to our show. I got her onto listening to this podcast, this very podcast. And she absolutely adored it. And it, it, it's been quite strange. I know you think sometimes maybe people are a bit biased because they're friends, but this some people, you, it takes quite a while for them to even listen. So... And this is someone who's taken a bit of time. She's finally listened to it and she thought it was brilliant. Not only that, she actually got her friend to listen to it up in Liverpool as well. And she listened and she was kind of blown away by how awesome we were. So I love all that stuff because of people progressing in life and uh, patting us on the back as well for this. At least, I don't know, as we say, we can't give all the answers. But to get that sort of feedback, she thinks we all sound brilliant. And everything that we all said uh, on the last show really resonated with her. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Another one as well, I think we might have all, um, just on Twitter, we met, uh, Marty, I can't remember his Twitter handle, but I, I, I know he's under greasy fish lips on something, <laughs> some things, but I know he contacted us all because he um, reached out and DM me and we've been had a few back back and forth. He was just saying how much, uh, he used to listen to the same coin and just now he's he's latched onto our, our positivity show and it's really helping him because he's going through a really rough patch. Yeah. Certainly is. I mean, um, very ill, and, and I think just to just to give just just to have that sort of feedback from someone who who's certainly going through the mill. I, I like to hear that. That's if we can just give a little bit of um, relief in life. 
I think that's a, a good job done there as well. So a big shout out to you, Marty. Thanks very much. But next time I'll give a few more shout outs as well. Obviously to you guys as well, because you're just awesome. And again, the time has flown this evening. Can't believe it. Uh, yeah, I've had a blast. So thank you very much. Guys, you are awesome. And you know what? The fact that we can all peel back that little bit of ourselves and reveal a lot of people can't do that. They can't expose those areas. They don't want to admit where they've made mistakes or where they've learned along the way. But I think that's how you just show people we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. But if we can learn from them and share, we'll all be just better off for it. Oh, I've got a load of bombs to drop in future episodes. <laughs> wow. And I, I, I like wait. exposing myself, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. All right, guys. Tell the next time. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful start of 2021. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when we're part of the team. So, do you know the any of the guitar licks from uh, Sultans of Swing? Of course, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, you got, you see, I, I just freaking love that song. That, dude, okay, we're done. Well, you're just going to play that for like the next 30 minutes because that's going to bring joy to my life. Everything is awesome when dream. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the ABCs of Fording Ahead Club. Don't forget to tip the waitress tonight. We got a great band coming up tonight. You want to make sure everybody's having a good time? He put me up there. Beautiful, isn't it? Everything is better when we stick together. Music, mo- uh, movies, directors, actors, all that kind of stuff. Music, music, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> musicians. Musicians.co.uk. <laughs> hey. Did you stop me for some reason? <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. I forgot I was actually live on the air there for a second. <laughs> How was that? I was pretty. What? <laughs> what? what was that? Do I you was... want to know? What? I went, yay! Oh, is that you... what you did? <laughs> yes! I was being a child in a classroom. That's what I was being. So. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah. That was fantastic. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Give give the governor a harumph. Everything is awesome.